0: Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything Kratom. Great to have you with us on this Friday morning. Welcome to the end of the week. Hope you're doing well out there. I'm doing pretty well myself. Just trying to enjoy these sunny days and soak it up as much as I can. So today, to finish off the end of the week, I thought I would ruminate a bit on how kratom is just talked about differently than other comparable substances or supplements, or even things that aren't comparable. But the way that it's referenced in media and also in, like, everyday conversation is just different. And it's, you know, not necessarily a bad thing sometimes, but sometimes it is a bad thing in my opinion. And there was an article that kind of spurred this thought that I just saw and so that's kind of where my thoughts are bouncing off of today. So let's take a look here. Every single article or source that I'm going to mention today, of course, will be linked in the description of this podcast. Taking a look at this article, which is in phillyvoice.com, it's a Philadelphia-based news site, the title of the article is called Cratom Use Has Become More Common Despite Warnings That It's Addictive. It then goes on to say in the subheading that... <laughs> it's actually kind of cracks me up. It says, the drug has been touted as a treatment to opioid withdrawal symptoms, but many people use it to get high. <laughs> In Pennsylvania, lawmakers are seeking to ban sales to minors. So they're already, you know, they're setting this narrative, that's for sure, right? I mean, <laughs> if you say, you know, it's it's been touted as a treatment for this thing, but, you know, people, a lot of people are just getting high off it. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the case, but I mean, that's just... That's setting up a very negative image of of this thing, like, right off the bat. Uh, I I hate to be this guy, but what I'm about to say is kind of like me being this guy. But, like, you get high off of cigarettes. You get high off of coffee. You get high off of jogging, for crying out loud. Now, again, I don't like to be that guy, but I don't think that people, quote-unquote, getting high off of something is the way to set a narrative about a substance because it's not about if people use something to change the way that they feel and the way their body feels or their mind feels it's about how that basically changes the way they interact with society and how society interacts with them and is that negative or positive positive? and then of course in addition to that you know how it affects them personally but kind of thinking about it with a societal lens today Anyway, let's leave that and keep moving along here. So after it says that, it kind of gets into why the article's being written. And, and it's being written prompted by this bill that passed the House in Pennsylvania this week. And the bill is kind of like a Kratom Consumer Protection Act. It limits the sale of Kratom to anyone under 18. And it also imposes fines on businesses that violate that law. Then it gets into Kratom itself. And it starts with a pretty powerful argument, I'd say. It says uh, in a you know small doses kratom is like a stimulant you know the same stereotypical description of kratom in, in larger doses it acts like an opiate with a relaxing euphoric high reminiscent of opium or heroin. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna stop you right there and say uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean I don't know if that's a fair comparison to make. Um, I have tried a small amount of opium once, never tried heroin, but when I gave my brother some kratom to help him get through one of his really bad heroin withdraws years ago, which I did an episode on actually if you feel like checking it out, Um, he said later on, you know, it was very helpful in the moment because it made the withdrawal a bit more tolerable and it helped him get to sleep that night. But it wasn't even nearly comparable to the drugs that he was addicted to, which included heroin and opium, actually, as well as pain pills. So I feel like just from his own description and experience, I seemed to take from that that Kratom was not nearly on the same level as any of those harder drugs, and that it really only helped him with his withdrawal by making it somewhat more tolerable. But it's not even like it cured his withdrawal, you know? So that's that. But I, I think that that claim is pretty <laughs> bombastic, actually. So after they make that comparison, let's remember the, this article has started off by saying that many people just use Kratom to get high off it, and it's pretty comparable to opium and you know heroin. After they say that, they get into why this is so much of a concern. They say Kratom has been designated as a chemical of concern by the US DEA. And uh, also in March, the US Food and Drug Administration released a report discouraging the public from using Kratom, noting it has addictive properties. It also references the Mayo Clinic and says that the Mayo Clinic says that you can't really use Kratom to treat opioid withdrawal and that actually all that will happen is you will get addicted to Kratom as well. And then we get down to the end here, and it says that the CDC reports that Kratom overdoses are rare, but they do happen. It was deemed the cause of death for 91 people between July 2016 and December 2017. It does mention that only seven of those people died after exposure to Kratom alone, but it becomes more dangerous when combined with other substances, (laughs) like alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Anything becomes more dangerous when you combine it with other substances. Okay, so let's, let's go through each of those claims. And that, that's the article, folks, that's pretty much it. So, okay, first it said that the FDA recently put out a statement in March saying that uh, the public shouldn't use Kratom, noting it has addictive properties, right? Okay, you go to the FDA website where they issued that public statement. They issued it in March. This is four months after, three months after, the World Health Organization, which is made up of a panel of all of the top addiction scientists in the world, (laughs) all those experts coming together to look at Kratom, and they all issued a statement saying there's not enough evidence, not nearly enough evidence to even concern them at the moment. They will have Kratom on their watch list, but that they don't even want to critically review it further because there's just not the evidence there to suggest that it's a real problem when it comes to addiction and uh and they're not really worried about it so that came out in january the fda releases this statement in march after that comes out they do not reference the world health organization anywhere and instead all they say is that they're warning consumers not to use it Because the FDA is concerned that Kratom, which affects the same opioid brain receptors as morphine, appears to have properties that expose users to the risks of addiction, abuse, and dependence. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say there are no risks of addiction, abuse, and dependence when it comes to Kratom. I've never said that. But if you're the FDA, and this recent decision from the World Health Organization came out, and there are a lot of other studies coming out right now about it. And you decide to just issue a thing saying you're concerned that it appears to have properties that expose users to the risks of addiction, abuse, and dependence. And it acts on the same receptors as morphine in the brain. It's like, okay, where where are you citing this? Like, there's no citation. There's no citation in this for that claim and there are plenty of studies they could cite that that might reflect what they're trying to get out there but they don't even reference them so like why would I believe you where's your proof the WHO took studies and information from all over the world to conduct their research uh, where's yours then the next claim right the next one coming from the Mayo Clinic. The Mayo Clinic, their webpage, hasn't been updated since 2019, so it's three years old. A lot of data has come out since then. And what they say is almost kind of childish in in my opinion. It's kind of funny because they say, research shows little promise. At one time, some researchers believed that Kratom might be a safe alternative to opioids and other prescription pain medications. However, studies on the effects of Kratom have identified many safety concerns and no clear benefits. (laughs) No clear benefits. That is such BS. It's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. I mean, you can make the claim that it doesn't help with opioid withdrawal, and I'll listen, but to say there are no clear benefits and many safety concerns, that is just, it's like can you just like, please point me in the direction of every single study on earth and tell me none of them have shown any clear benefits. Are you kidding me? And then it goes down and it says that people die from it. It's dangerous. Um, and they talk about salmonella poisoning and how all these people have died of salmonella as of April, 2018, because the article is written in 2019 again. And Like, salmonella isn't kratom. It says the best way to avoid the dangers of salmonella is to just avoid the product. (laughs) I mean, by that logic, none of us will ever eat lettuce again. (laughs) Because think of all the times that lettuce has been recalled because, you know, they find salmonella in, in a huge batch of lettuce that just went out to stores all over the country. Nobody avoids lettuce. They avoid that vendor. And it's like, why would it be any different with Kratom? Well, it's because if you're trying to avoid salmonella, just don't ever buy Kratom. No, if you're trying to avoid salmonella, pass Kratom Consumer Protection Act so that you have some regulation over how Kratom is being produced and sold. That's my opinion. Okay, the last thing that they referenced, the CDC, right? They said that uh, their Kratom overdoses are rare, but they do happen. The drug was deemed a cause of death. 91 Americans between July 2016 and December 2017, a CDC report found. Then it goes on to say only seven of those people died after exposure to Kratom alone, but it becomes more dangerous when combined with other substances like alcohol. Okay, well, I've done an episode looking at this exact page from the CDC. And when you read through it, By the end, if you really read it, it's just like maybe two pages worth of writing, I feel like it's hard not to come away from this thing being like, okay, well, pretty much everyone died from having fentanyl. Literally, I'm not making this up. It says 65% had fentanyl and fentanyl analogs in their body while they also, you know, had taken kratom. 22% had benzos like, you know, Xanax and the like. 19% had prescription opioids, and 18% had cocaine. All of that, in addition to Kratom, in their systems. At that point, one must realize, okay, all of the sources that they're using, all of the citations in this article, if someone has the time and interest and clicks on all these, this is what they find. Like, like, okay, the FDA is concerned. Uh, Why? Because there's a risk of potentially being exposed to addiction and dependence and abuse. Okay, point to the study. Oh, we didn't. Then you go to the Mayo Clinic. Uh, It says everybody has only had negative uh, effects from kratom. There's no clear benefit. And it's just dangerous. And it's, you know, a site from 2019. And then you have the CDC. Referencing all these kratom overdoses and then literally saying, and, you know, 9 out of 10 of these, we know that there was another substance involved, at least, if not multiple. And the remaining ones, you end up finding out that the toxicology report for a couple of them, uh, there was no follow-up toxicology report because there was no uh, blood to do a follow-up toxicology report. So... Um, I don't know, like, why would you, why would you, everybody's saying Kratom is risky, it's dangerous, there's a lot of unknowns, and then you don't cite anything that's relevant. (laughs) Oh man, this has been really a ranting day, I guess, but um, sorry about that. But it's like, come on, just write an article that's that's legit. And also, how is it that the FDA, the CDC, the Mayo Clinic, all of these different places, none of them reference the World Health Organization? None of them. If you go to their other webpages about other things like COVID, for instance, and I'm not getting into any arguments about COVID here with anybody. I'm just saying if you go to their website and you look at it, they they all reference the World Health Organization. But it's like, but the World Health Organization doesn't know anything about substances. Anyway, I'm going to cool down here. We'll come back next week with a fresh mind. (laughs) And um, we'll just let this article go away. Let it blow into the wind. (laughs) Breathe in, breathe out. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your day today and have a wonderful weekend. And we will be back on Monday. Take it easy. Bye bye.